Well, good morning and welcome back to the Mission Viejo Church of Christ. Whether you're here with us in the courtyard or you are in our online audience, we are so thankful to have you with us here this Sunday morning. Now, this week we are going to kick off our Advent series, which is going to be a three-week series that will kind of wrap around the Christmas holiday, where we're going to be talking about the events leading up to and the birth of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. So I'm glad to have you with us. I hope you'll be able to join us the next couple of weeks as well as we launch into this quick three-part series series. So this morning I've titled my lesson, Mary, the Lord is with you. Now for those of you who are familiar with the story, you'll get that this is a little bit of a play on words. Um, You know, just something a little bit fun to get us kind of thinking in the right direction. But today what we're going to be focusing on is we're going to be focusing the first part of this story on the angel visiting Mary and kind of what Mary was going through at this time. So this morning as we go through our lesson, I want you to really put yourselves in the shoes of Mary and the things that she was going through and the emotions that she was going through. And then we're going to talk about what are the things that we can learn from this story that we can apply to our everyday lives so that hopefully we can become even better and closer followers of Jesus. So I hope that you'll jump in with me. If you want to go ahead and open up your Bibles, we're going to focus in Luke chapter 1, verses 26 through 38, and that's where we're going to be all of this morning. So if you want to open up your Bibles or your Bible app or the internet and follow along with us, I would love for you to read these scriptures with me here this morning. So let's get started. So who is Luke? See, it's important that we understand the different gospel writers and what their different focuses were and what their backgrounds were, because that can help us to truly understand what the message is that they were trying to get across. So who is Luke? Now, obviously, we're not talking about Luke Skywalker on the right side of your screen there, but me being the Star Wars fanatic that I am, I couldn't resist the chance to, to throw him in as a little Easter egg for my Star Wars fans out there. But, but it's important, all joking aside, that we understand who this gospel writer Luke was. Because when we understand that, that's going to help us understand kind of his perspective and how he approaches his stories. So it's important to understand that he was a physician. And we'll talk about that a little bit more later on, but we're talking about the birth of Jesus and the pregnancy of Mary. So who better to learn this from than a physician? He was also an investigator. We learn a little bit earlier on in Luke, and you're welcome to go back and read this, but Luke really dug into these stories. He really wanted to understand the stories. He investigated these stories and wanted to know if these stories were true and if these stories were accurate. So he was a very intelligent man. He was a doctor. He was a learned man. And last but certainly not least, He's told his stories with great accuracy, and he is known for doing that. So when we read his writings, we know that these are going to be pretty actual, pretty factual, and really to the point, and written from the perspective of an intelligent man who was also a doctor and a follower of Jesus Christ. So let's jump into our scriptures. We're going to start in Luke chapter 1, starting in verse 26. And I'd like to read with you verses 26 and 27, where we see the birth of our Lord and Savior being foretold. It says, in the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent an angel, Gabriel, to Nazareth, a town in Galilee, to a virgin pledged to marry a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary. So here we kind of launch into our story, and he starts off actually talking about Elizabeth. And we know that Elizabeth was pregnant, and we're going we're gonna to talk a little bit more later on about the importance of that. But we know that Elizabeth was also pregnant at this time with a very significant Bible character as well. So if we jump ahead to, to verse 28, we read, 
the angel went to her and said, Greetings, you who are highly favored, the Lord is with you. And this is actually where we pulled the title from this lesson, The Lord is With You, because we know that the Lord was with her, and then we're going to find out that the Lord is definitely with her as she's actually going to give birth to our Lord and Savior. So we're going to talk just a little bit about what, what does this mean when we say highly favored? Because as you know, when I see these things in the Bible, and they're very, they're very common phrases that we use a lot, but maybe we don't quite understand. So I wanted to look up with you what this idea of highly favored means. And the things that it means is it means to grace. And this is the one I really love, to endure with special honor. Now that just fits this story of Mary when we say to endure with special honor, because we're going to talk about this. Mary's certainly going to endure some things. She's going to endure some physical things. She's going to endure some emotional things, but to endure with special honor, because wow, Mary certainly had the honor of carrying and giving birth to Jesus Christ. It also means to be accepted. So the angel is saying, look, Mary, you're highly favored. You're accepted by God. And then it's the only other place that we see this is used in Ephesians chapter 1 and verse 6. And you can look that up when you have time. But that's the only other place in the Bible that we see this highly favored actually being used. So let's keep going. Mary was troubled. Luke chapter 1 verse 29 and 30 says, Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. But the angel said to her, do not be afraid, Mary. You have found favor with God. Here we see again, he's reminding her, don't be afraid, but you have favor with God. What an amazing thing that would be for us to hear, right? That we have favor with God. Isn't that exactly what we're striving to do as Christians? So why was she afraid? Well, let's, let's just flesh this out just a little bit of why Mary would have been afraid. Because keep in mind, she hasn't heard the rest of what the angel is going to tell her yet. All she knows is this angel has appeared before her and said, Mary, you are highly favored with God. Gabriel appears multiple times throughout Scripture. And Gabriel was, he, he, he was a warrior angel. You know, sometimes when we think of angels, we think of this angel that's glowing and dressed in white robes with a halo and, and these beautiful white fluffy wings. And that's kind of that vision that we have that we see in movies and books and things like that of these angels and they're, and they're beautiful and they're peaceful. And when they appear, it's like, oh, it's an angel. And it brings kind of that warm, fuzzy feeling. But, but I want to encourage you to think about this. Throughout the Bible, when we see God send messengers to people, the common theme is fear. They were afraid of these people because keep in mind, these angels appeared and, and probably looked more like what we see here in this picture on the screen than maybe what we think of when we think of angels. These are messengers from God. And when they showed up, it was like, whoa, I've got a messenger from God showing up, right? That would almost be like if the IRS sent a messenger to your house, right? Your first thought would be, uh-oh. And for Mary, it was kind of the same way. Here, this angel appears. Now, this is the angel Gabriel. Gabriel, if you look back into the Old Testament scriptures, we see that Gabriel was a demon fighter, right? Gabriel fought demons for weeks at a time is what we see in the Old Testament. So he was a warrior angel. Yes, he was a messenger of God, but, but he was this big, tough 
angel, not what we probably think of. So it's understandable that, A, Mary is just afraid because God has sent a messenger to her. So she's going, "Uh uh-oh, you know, what's going on here? And number two, he probably looked more like what we see here on the screen. He was probably this large, menacing angel that would have caused Mary to be afraid. And that's understandable. Put yourself in her shoes. What if an angel just appeared in front of you, a messenger from God, and it was this warrior angel, and you're going, oh no, what did I do now? Because remember, he hasn't told her the message yet. She doesn't know why he's here yet, but he's trying to reassure her, hey, don't be afraid. Because see, we see Gabriel throughout Scripture in very important points in time, and it's thought, again, thought, that he was also the angel that was sitting on the tomb of Jesus Christ at the end of that story as well. So Gabriel plays this prominent role throughout not only the Old Testament, but also into the New Testament as well. So so let's find out what is this message that the angel has come to bring, right? Because at this point, all we know is Mary's like, whoa, 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 what's going on here? But just wait, it gets better. So we pick up in verse 31. It says, you will conceive and give birth to a son, and you are to call him Jesus. It says, he will be great and will be called the son of the most high. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father, David. And he will reign on Jacob's descendants forever. His kingdom will never end. So again, put yourself in Mary's shoes. What do you think she's thinking at this point? Right? She's like, whoa, 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 whoa. Wait just a minute. Back that up just a minute. What did you just say? Did you just say I'm going to conceive a child? Because remember, what what do we know about Mary at this point? Mary was young, guys. She was young. Most Bible scholars place Mary, based on other events that were happening around this time, they place her at about 14, 15 years old. So think about this. Here's this 14, 15-year-old girl who has a messenger come down from God and basically tell her, hey, you're going to get pregnant and you're going to have a child. Think about that. I'm a youth minister. I think about girls in my youth group. I think about people like Emma Atkins that most of you guys know. She's right around that age. Put yourself in her shoes. All of a sudden, this angel comes down and says, hey, you're going to give birth. It's crazy when we think about that, but she was young. We also know that she was a virgin. Now, we don't have to go too deep into this, but we know that just means that she had never had sexual relations with a man. So again, I bring this up because we have to put ourselves in Mary's shoes and think about what she was going through at this time. Because the the, the angel just told her she's going to conceive a child, and she's going, but wait a minute, uh, it takes two to tango, and I, I haven't tangoed at this point. We also know that she was betrothed to Joseph. Now, it's important that we understand what that actually means. Things were a little bit different back in this time frame. And just like with Mary being young, it wouldn't have been all that uncommon for someone of her age to be getting married and be becoming into childbearing years. But, but we have to understand what betrothed means. It, it wasn't like you and I think of. It wasn't like they just started dating and fell in love and got engaged. It, it would have been more of a, it was more of an agreement. It was more of an agreement to be married. So she's going, but, but wait a minute. I'm young, and I'm a virgin, and, and I'm, I'm engaged. And she was probably planning a wedding at this point. So again, put yourself in Mary's shoes. She's got plans. She's on a course. 
She's about to be married. She's about to start a new life with her husband. And all of a sudden, this angel comes down and says, "Ah, God's got something else in mind for you. The consequences could have been severe. Joseph would have been in every right by law to do a couple of different things. He could have just shunned Mary and put her out for basically being an adulteress. Or he could have even had her stoned to death for being an adulteress. But he didn't because of his love for Mary. And we know that in the, in the Gospel of Matthew, where he does the account of Jesus' birth, he tells it from the side of Joseph. And I encourage you to read that. Luke focuses on, on Mary's story. Matthew focuses on Joseph's story. Both great stories, just told from two different perspectives. But let's not forget Joseph's part in this as well and all the things that were going on in Joseph's mind. And again, our focus is on Mary, but I don't want you to forget what Joseph did and the part that he played in this story as well. Luke chapter 1, verse 34 reads, How will this be, Mary asked the angel, since I am a virgin? Can you even imagine what must have been going on in Mary's head at this time? Again, try to put yourself in, in her shoes. She was the age of the girls in my youth group. And she's about to be given this huge responsibility. And her life is going to change in so many different ways. Her life is going to change. What had to be going on in her mind? But wait, wait, you're telling me I'm going to have a baby, but I I haven't done the things that lead to having a baby. How can this possibly be? She had to have so many questions. Why me? How is this going to happen? So let's keep reading. Let's pick up in verse 35. It says, The angel answered, The Holy Spirit will come on you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. It says, Even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child in her old age. And she who was said to be unable to conceive is in her sixth month. So here the angel's kind of kind of giving her the, the backstory, right? Well, this is how it's going to happen. It's going to be the Holy Spirit. And just to show you that this actually works, your relative Elizabeth, who was told she couldn't conceive, who was too old to have children, is also pregnant as well. So here's, here's what Mary's probably thinking. Well, hey, that clears everything up, right? I don't know if that last passage clears anything up or if it simply makes it even more confusing for Mary. Because he's basically saying the Holy Spirit is going is to make you pregnant. And again, the questions. She, she was scared. She was probably in shock. And I apologize, this picture doesn't show up quite as well as what I wanted, but it kind of shows Mary kind of sitting, cowering down as the angel talks to her because she was probably weak in the knees and she was probably shaking and she was probably crying. And just the emotions had to be overwhelming as Mary tries to process all of this that's going on. Because remember, there's so much more at play here than just the physical act of her becoming pregnant, which was probably scary enough for her. And for those of you who have had babies, you can maybe attest to that, right? But think of all the things in her life that were about to change. Not only is she going to become pregnant, but how is everybody else going to look at her? How are the people 
going to look at Mary because they're going to look at her as an adulteress or a fornicator. They're going to look at someone who had a child out of wedlock. They're going to look at someone who who cheated on Joseph. Who's going to believe her story? Who's going to believe her story? Moms and dads out there, would you believe it if your 14 or 15-year-old daughter came home one day and said, hey, guess what? I'm pregnant, and it's the Holy Spirit's baby, and I'm going to give birth to the Son of Man. You would rightfully be like, you're out of your mind. So think about, these are the things that are going on in Mary's head. Not only does she have to tell her her soon-to-be husband, but she's got to tell her family and his family and everybody else that she's pregnant, only she didn't cheat on Joseph. How is she going to be looked at? How must she have been feeling? You talk about getting a lot of information at one time. Imagine this meeting between, between the angel and Mary, which, which probably, I mean, we don't know how long it lasted. It probably didn't last a very long time. But imagine how she must have been feeling through this process. I, I, just can't even, I just can't even put myself in her shoes. She had to be going through so much. And that makes what happens next so vitally important. Let's pick up in verse 31. Excuse me, verse 37. It says, For no word from God will ever fail. What a powerful scripture. No word from God will ever fail. That's a powerful scripture. Do we believe that? Because we're we're living in some crazy times right now with so much uncertainty. Where where we don't know what tomorrow is even going to look like. But do we remember that the word of God never fails? See, there's a lot of things right now that are failing in our lives. There's a lot of things that are failing. There's a lot of lying and there's a lot of deceit. And this pandemic has has brought out the worst in a lot of people. It truly has. Alcohol sales are through the roof. Drug sales are through the roof. Suicide rates are through the roof. There are so many things right now that we cannot count on. There are so many things right now that don't make sense. There are so many things where we don't know what to believe. Some believe the pandemic is real. Some believe it's fake. Some believe in the vaccine that it's going to cure us all. Some people think it's going to make it worse. God's word never fails. And the angel is basically reminding Mary, look, it's going to be okay. You are highly favored from God. This is an honor that you've been bestowed upon. God's word never fails. And I know we say that as Christians. And maybe this morning when I said that, you you to yourself said amen, or you thought amen. But do you truly believe that in your heart? In your heart of hearts, do you believe that God's word never fails? Not just in the good times. Not just when things are going great and you get the promotion and you get the new car and your kids are making straight A's. But what about the times when you have conversations like Mary just had with the angel? What about the times when your boss says, hey, this just isn't working out. I'm going to have to let you go. What about when you have 
friends or family members who are sick and who are struggling, do we still believe that God's word never fails? See, that's what the angel reminded Mary of because Mary was going through this uncertain time where where she had just heard a lot of information that's going to change her life forever. And the angel reminds her, it's okay because God's word is truth. And then probably one of the most powerful verses of scripture that you could ever come across or that you could ever read, in my opinion, is Luke chapter 1, verse 38. And I hope that you've committed this to memory, or if you still use your your paper Bible, I hope you've underlined this and highlighted it. And, And just if you take nothing else away from the Christmas story, from the Advent series, from today's lesson, it's right here. Mary has just had a bomb dropped on her. She doesn't even, probably doesn't even know what to think. She hasn't had time to process any of this. But what did she do? She says, I am the Lord's servant. May your word to me be fulfilled. And the angel left. See, we, we don't read that Mary said, whoa, 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 Mr. Mr. Angel, Mr. Scary Guy, I don't know if I want to do this or not. Mary didn't say, I can't do this, I don't want to do this, pick somebody else. She said, I don't know. She said, okay. Because see, Mary didn't understand what was going on. And she was understandably freaked out. I mean, let's just call her Rose a Rose, right? She, all these emotions going on in her head, all of these crazy thoughts she had to be having, her mind had to just be racing a million miles a minute. But what did she revert back to? She said, Lord, she said, Lord I am the Lord's servant, and your will be done. See, now we're starting to get a picture of why Mary was highly favored. Because her courage and her strength and her faith is unparalleled. We know that at the end of Jesus' life when he's in the garden, right? He says something very similar. He says, let this cup pass before me, but if not, Lord, your will be done. Mary had that same attitude. She said, yep, I'm young. Yep, my life is going to change. Yep, I don't even know what's going to happen tomorrow. I don't know how I'm going to tell my fiance. I don't know how I'm going to tell my parents. But no, she said, I'm your servant, Lord. See, that's the attitude that we need to have. When things aren't going our way, when our life is falling apart, when we can't go and do the things that we want to do because of the pandemic, you know, we're, we're getting ready to... to to celebrate Christmas. And Christmas is going to look different this year, right? It just is. We're not able to do Christmas the way maybe we want to do Christmas this year. But you know what? Do we have that same attitude, that same positivity as Mary had? Do we say, hey, God is still in control. God is still good. God is still looking out for me. And yes, there's a lot of uncertainty right now, but are we, are, we, are we looking around, right? Are we looking horizontally or are we looking vertically? 
Are we getting distracted by all of this stuff that's going on around us? Or are we looking to God to say, God, you're in control and I trust you. And I love you and I'm your servant and I'm going to continue to be your servant despite our circumstances. See, that's where we need to be like Mary. We need to give it to God and say, hey, your word, God, is true. I believe your promises. I believe that you want the best for me. I believe that you want me to spend eternity in heaven. So use me in this time and this place in any way that you can. And that's the attitude that we need to have. So what are the things that we can take away from this? What are the lessons that we can learn from this conversation and this dialogue that Mary had with the angel? we got to trust God's word. We gotta trust God's word. He's the same today, tomorrow, and forever, and we have to trust that. Even when we feel like he's not there, or he's not listening, he's the same today, tomorrow, and forever. And we've gotta trust that. We've got to submit to his will, just like Mary. We have to say, God, I am your servant, use me. Find a way to use me. Maybe it's reaching out to people who are shut in right now. Maybe it's helping with groceries and errands and things like that. I don't know how God wants to use you during this time because he uses everybody differently. But we've got to be open to that. We've got to be tuned into the Holy Spirit. And just like Mary, we've got to say, you know what, God? I'm your servant and your will, not mine, be done. See, God's plans are bigger than our plans. See, God knows what he's doing, and God is still in control. This pandemic is not in control. This virus that was born out of a lab somewhere on the other side of the globe is not in control. God is in control. And we've got to have faith in that, and we've got to understand that. And now more than ever, we've got to be looking to him. To say, God, I love you, and you're in control, and use me, and just, just do what you got to do. And he will. But we've got to initiate that. Because when God is with us, we don't have to be afraid. Why wasn't Mary more afraid? Why was Mary still willing to say, God, I'm your servant, and your will be done? Because she knew that if God was with her, then this was all going to work out somehow, some way, for his benefit. She may not have understood it at the time. Does that sound familiar to anybody? We may not understand it at the time, right? We don't understand a lot of the things that are going on right now. But we have to understand that God's with us. And when he is with us, then who can be against us? And what do we have to fear? Because at the end of the day, God is in control. And at the end of the day, He wants to spend eternity with us in heaven, which means we don't have to worry about a lot of the other stuff that's going on right now. So that's what I want you to focus on. As we prepare for this Christmas season, I want you to just think about these stories. And I want you to, and I know that as Christians, we celebrate the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ, and I understand that. But I think there's so so many lessons that we can learn during this season as as a lot of the world, Christian or non-Christian, start to focus on Jesus Christ what a great time to think about what are the lessons that we can learn and what are the things that we can apply to our daily lives to help us be better followers of Christ.
I'm going to leave that with you today for your consideration. Next week, we'll start with part two. If we can be of service to you in any way, please don't hesitate to reach out. If I can pray with you, if I can pray for you, my email is aaron at mvchurch.org. I am happy to pray with you, to pray for you. If you've never had a chance to give your life to Christ in baptism for the remission of your sins and receive the gift of the Holy Spirit, if you're here with us today, please let one of our elders or staff know. If you're at home in our live stream audience, reach out to me by email. I'm happy to make an appointment with you to talk to you more about baptism. Or if you're ready to make that step, we'll, we'll make an appointment. We'll bring you up and we'll baptize you. It's an amazing thing that will change your life in so many ways. So many ways. Or maybe you've been a Christian your whole life. And maybe you've just lost track of the fact that God is in control and you've lost track of the fact that we just have to surrender to him and be his servant. What a great opportunity as we get ready to close out the year 2020 for you to, to come, come together, just to confess those sins, to ask for the prayers. We can pray with you. We can help you get your life back on track so that you can start 2021 in a right relationship with Jesus Christ.